I'm Olivia Riggio with the independent New York City's progressive newspaper and website. I'm filling in this week for John Tarleton, the Indy's editor-in-chief. You'll be able to find the February print edition of the Independent in our red and white news boxes across the city next Tuesday, February 9th, and you can follow our latest reporting online at independent.org. That's I-N-D-Y-P-E-N-D-E-N-T.org. I've been working on a story about sex workers during the pandemic for this upcoming February issue. Sex work is a wide umbrella term covering people who work full full service on the streets to those who do online webcam work. Over the past year, the growth and glamorization of subscriber-based sites like OnlyFans have allowed influencers to share explicit content for money. And COVID's economic effects have led to new people entering the sex work world as part of the gig economy. Meanwhile, amid a saturated market, we see increased censorship and criminalization of sex workers and large gaps and who is able to earn an income as a sex worker and who is struggling to survive and stay safe amid the pandemic. The Brooklyn chapter of the Sex Workers Outreach Program, or SWAP, was formed in 2019. This past year, the the group fundraised for mutual aid for sex workers and raised over $160,000. Here to talk with us about Brooklyn SWAP's organizing and the struggles sex workers have been facing is Molly Simmons, a full-service sex worker and sex work organizer in New York City. Hi, Molly. Thanks for joining us tonight. Hi, Olivia. Thank you so much for having me. So first, let's talk about the work that Brooklyn Swap does. Um, What have you been doing and go into the mutual aid work it's been doing this past year? Um, Yeah, so Swap Brooklyn is relatively new in terms of um, organizations. We were founded in October of 2019. Um, And actually, just before the pandemic really broke in New York City and things started to shut down, we had just had our first big event, which was a fundraiser for March 3rd, and we raised funds for our own crisis relief fund and for Life Estrada, um, a national crisis relief fund. Um, And only a few days after that, uh, everything started to shut down, and we really had to pivot and realize that most of 2020 was going to be spent in in sort of crisis relief mode, and we really shifted all our gears to focus on being able to take care of people through the pandemic. Um, so we have a lot of a lot. We have several different things that we offer. You know, we um, we have membership which offers community support. We have support groups. Um, we have skill shares and offer training sometimes. Uh, we try to act as a referral network and connect people to sex worker-friendly resources, whether it's doctors or lawyers or tax preparers or psychologists, things like that. Um, our most widely known effort is our mutual aid fund. Um, we were very lucky um, at the start of the pandemic. Our GoFundMe got a lot of traction, and um, we were able to raise a, quite a big amount of money in a short amount of time. And um, we still, um, there is a dramatic decrease in the amount of money that we're receiving from that, but we still are able to sort of like keep things going. And we've been able to um, keep our mutual aid fund up and running now for almost one year, uh, March 16th, I think it will be one year. Uh, So that's probably the most well-known thing that we're known for. Um, We also recently launched our Patreon, which not only, um, 
is a fundraising avenue for us, but it's an educational resource for the general community. And also we're kind of using it as an opportunity to create paid opportunities for sex worker artists and writers and things like that. And um, in 2021, we are um, looking at some pretty big initiatives. Obviously we keep our mutual aid fund going. We also have a street outreach program. Sorry, I forgot to say. Um, I think we're in our eight months of our street outreach program. So every Friday we provide harm reduction supplies and hot food um, to um, communities in Brooklyn. And um, in 2021, probably our uh, two of our like biggest newer um, goals are revamping the pros network, um, which used to exist here in New York city and exists in other places, which is a referral network for sex worker friendly resources. Um, and then also the coalition for decriminalization. So we, um, have some really, um, exciting and timely, uh, decriminalization work coming up, especially given the assembly votes that happened today on the walking well trans bill. Yeah, I wanted to actually go into that vote today. Um, so that is a big victory for sex workers and sex work advocates. What are the implications of that victory now that the Walking While Trans bill has been repealed? Yeah, so it's huge. Um, for those who are unfamiliar, the Walking While Trans bill um, uh, was actually like, a, I'm, not, I'm probably not going to use all the appropriate legal jargon, but it was like, um, an addition into the criminal code that allowed people to be arrested for loitering for the purposes of prostitution, right? Um, and that's so broad. So what it ended up being is um, police in unfairly targeting um, trans women, largely black trans women, um, and arresting them solely based on the how they look because the assumption is that they must be loitering, quote-unquote, for the purposes of prostitution. Um, so... That's just one of the ways that, like, um, stigma and transphobia affects our uh, our community. And, of course, it, like, needlessly puts people in contact with the criminal injustice system, which, if they are already, like, marginalized in any type of way, is only going to make them more marginalized and make their lives so much more difficult. Um, so this was a really exciting, uh, this was a really exciting, like, victory um for us um just for like transparency like swap brooklyn was not involved in the organizing against in the fight against that not that we wouldn't want to be but just that that was in sort of in play by other groups before we got on the scene so we're super grateful um to all the individuals and all the organizations that put in a lot of hours to get this bill repealed and we really think that this is the momentum I, we really think that like this is going to give us the momentum that we need um, to one combat the equality model that's currently be, being proposed by Senator Liz Krueger and backed by um, some anti-trafficking organizations here in New York City. Um, but not only combat that narrative, but also um, push for the full decriminalization of sex work um, in 2021. So, yeah, this was. Um, this was a really amazing victory, but it's like, it's just one step, you know? Um, uh, and I, so I want to like really allow ourselves to like feel the joy and the celebration of this victory. And then also use the momentum from this victory to like catapult us, um, into, um, greater impact into our community. 
I want to go into a little bit more about the legislation with the equality model and different models um, a little bit later on. But first, I want um, to sort of paint a picture of what sex workers are dealing with right now. What are sex workers who work mainly in person with clients dealing with during this time of the pandemic? And has unemployment or other aid been possible for them? Mm, So this is so... This is a great question. It's so broad, right? Like everybody's lived experience is so different, right? If you think just about like in-person sex workers, that covers such a wide spectrum, right? We have um, people who work on the street. We have independent providers who advertise online. We have full service sex workers. We have doms who work in dungeons. We have massage parlors, you know, there's such a, a broad I just want to like speak to the broad array of experiences that are represented in sex workers who see people in person because already we've got like varying different types of identity and marginalization and perhaps like relative privilege or um, access. Um, So there's a wide variety of people that are covered under that like phrasing um but i can say pretty confidently and pretty generally that like everybody has been hit so hard by covid um obviously like some people are like able to like make it through um some people uh are impacted a little bit less but i think everybody has been like greatly impacted um and for most people government services like Um, unemployment are not available, right? I do know some people that have, like, um, you know, received stimulus checks or something like that, Um, the, like, the one-time stimulus checks that were sent out. But I know that, like, um, at least in my experience, um, the large majority of sex workers have were not able to access unemployment because we work in a criminalized industry um, and have to work really hard to avoid being seen in that criminalized industry, which disallows us from accessing like vital government services when there's a pandemic that is like severely affecting everyone's income. Mm -hmm. And so you did mention the equality model before. Is that the same thing or similar to the Nordic model of sex work? Can you describe it a little bit? Yes. Thank you for asking that. This is the, the, the demon that goes by many names. The equality model, the Nordic <laughs> model, the Swedish model, the end demand model, um, it's all the same, um, although it's pretty much the same. And these are all methods of partial decriminalization, which translates to partial criminalization, like continued criminalization, where in theory, um, only clients and managers, what people often think of as pimps, are arrested, but sex workers are not arrested and, in fact, connected to vital resources that might help them exit the industry. Um, And we've seen for literally decades that this is just, uh, you know, not a, a beneficial piece of legislation and, in fact, causes so much harm to sex workers by increasing stigma, um, creating harsher, more coercive working conditions, like limiting people's agency and freedom and how and where and when they want to work, um, doesn't necessarily lead to an overall decrease in arrests for sex workers, leads to an increased arrest of um, black and brown clients, but not necessarily white clients, 
um, and doesn't actually very like it never actually lives up to the idea that it's going to give people vital resources to access exit the industry if they so choose. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like official swap Brooklyn statement. We are not supporters of the Nordic model <laughs> slash the equality Got model. It. And um, Got it. We, yeah, we just know that full decriminalization is the only thing that truly empowers sex workers and can, um, yeah, like lower rates of incarceration, decrease stigma, give people more freedom to enter or exit or live their lives as they so choose. And also, um, because this is about to come up, you know, one of the driving ideologies behind the equality model is that um, that they want to, you know, help reduce rates of sex trafficking, which doesn't occur under the equality model and actually full decriminalization um, makes the differences between consensual sex work and sex trafficking like so apparent that full decriminalization is actually also a really valuable method for combating cases of sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. Now, we're going to have to close out this segment soon, but I do want to give you a chance to plug Brooklyn Swap. Um, Where can people find out more and get involved with the work you're doing? Oh, yes. So you can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Swap Brooklyn, um, S-O-W-P, Brooklyn. Our website is swapbrooklyn.org. If you are a sex worker listening to this, like, please reach out to us for membership or if you need assistance, we're here for you. Um, And we can always use donations for outreach to our GoFundMe for a mutual aid fund um, and for a variety of different things and keep on the lookout for our decrim work um, because we're going to have some really exciting ways for the general public to get involved too. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Molly, organizer with Brooklyn Swap. 